So, a dark cloud hangs over the Collingwood Football Club, players and football fans alike, with the prospect of both our captain and one of our premier young on-ballers being out. We march on to what could be a very early season-defining game against the should-have-been bottom-dwellers of Saints. Good evening. I'm the Mighty T. Joining me, as always now, Gone Critical. How are you? Um, slightly despondent. Slightly despondent. What's got you down? Oh, well, I think uh, reduced expectations, I think. I think. I'm, in a way, I'm actually, you know, I'm not as despondent in the way as I thought I might be because almost accepting that uh, we are in a little bit of a rough patch and we've just got to do our best to get through it. And look, and, 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 and as someone who attended the game um, and who has refused to watch a replay, um, it's it, it was it was difficult being there and, and seeing how how much the skill level of the team seems to have dropped, um, how much we relied on very few contributors. Um, and I think we talked earlier in the year about Collingwood lacking a bit of identity, or at least I certainly did. And it seems like two rounds into the season, it's early, but that identity still lacks. So it's going to be a, a curious, curious game tomorrow night. Uh, Magpie Girl, I'd like to introduce you as well. How are you? I'm really good. Thanks, Mighty T. Hi, GC. Hi, hi MG. <laughs> I was at the game too, and um, I was sitting behind the um, goals at the Adelaide end. Very impressed with how vocal the Adelaide supporters were um, and couldn't hear the Collingwood ones. Yeah. But um, I just, it was just quite extraordinary the, the pressure that was out on that ground. It was, it was amazing. I mean, it, you sit there and you kind of scream at them for making mistakes and that, but the, the fumbling and, the, and the, um, the pressure to get rid of the ball as quickly as possible just led them into making so many mistakes or... Yeah, and I think that's the thing. The other thing that sort of stops your criticism to agree is that they they looked like they were going, you know, they they were putting in, they were doing their best. That just the the skill errors were not a. It wasn't a lack of trying or application. It was the skill errors. And the the other thing I thought really hurt us was um because I, we were sort of in a holding pattern almost to say, you know, can we weather this storm and maybe launch something back? But when um, Sinclair did his hammy and um, I forget who it was against, but he turned, wheeled around and had a free kick into the 50 and, and another goal came. It was almost like, you know, they said, well, God, what else can go wrong? Yeah. yeah. Look, the they, thing is, I, sorry, go on. I was just going to say, they just didn't give up. I mean, it was mm. it was a fantastic last quarter. They were dead on their legs and, and, um, and I don't know, it was hard to tell whether or not Adelaide ran out of legs, or f- from all reports, they would, you know, they were told not to take their their foot off the mm-hmm. the pedal. So um, I just thought it was fantastic the way they ran the game out, Collingwood. Definitely look- commendable. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I, I've got to, I've got to touch on Adelaide. I was I'm one of many who probably were um, guilty of underestimating them coming into the year with a new coach and the drama that it would surround Patrick Dangerfield as, as the year wore on. Um, they're a good football side. Um, they're, they're daring and they're fearless. Um, and I take my hat off to them because they played a damn good brand of football. In terms of how we played, there is every chance, though, that we could look back on this and say, well, we may have kept 
depending on how the season plays out, we might have kept the top four team under 100 points. And I think that was the pleasing aspect of the game. I don't think we, and mind you, it's not like they didn't have the opportunities. But when all is said and done, I think they had just over 80 points for the game. So I don't think the defence did too you know, too many things wrong. It was just a case of being outclassed for a lot of the night. Yeah, I, I, you could be right. You could, it could you could look back and say, look, we were down on numbers that day. We met one of the really good teams who were flying at that moment. And look what they've done to the rest of the competition. They've decimated Team A, B, C, D and E. Mm-hmm. They couldn't do that to us when we were down because we really fought harder. Yeah. So might, we might look back in a very different way in a little while. Oh, absolutely. And look, I, I've... I, I, I'm trying to. I try to take positives out of every game that I go to. Um, obviously, the injury concerns coming out of that game now to to Adams and to Pendlebury aren't brilliant. Um, I don't know how likely they seem to line up. They've been named um, at this stage, but realistically, if if they don't come up, we are in for a tough task against the Saints tomorrow night. Yeah, be- I think that's right. And the Saints are doing much better. You know, they're relative to where they were, they're flying at the moment too for what you would have expected them to be, don't you? Absolutely. And and we'll talk to our Saints guests in just a moment. But I think that my expectation was that they'd finish last or near enough to. Um, now, whether, again, it's the Gold Coast underperforming or them playing out of their skin, they played a good brand of football last week. Um, and against an undermanned Collingwood side, they could be quite dangerous. Mm. But... To discuss this further, I guess we have to bring in the savages, don't we? So, introducing tonight, Lee and Cookson. Good evening, Lee. Evening. How are we? Oh, not too bad, mate. Yourself? Uh, nervously excited tomorrow night, I think is the best way to put it. Nervously excited. Well, let's see if your compatriot shares that. Cookson, how are you going, mate? Yeah, I'm going pretty good. Ah, fantastic. Hey, well, let's talk a little bit about the Saints. I know it's a Collingwood podcast, but we like to share the love a little bit, especially to our you know, underprivileged cousins. But how did you guys feel about the weekend's game? Did it really exceed expectations for you, or was this a, was this a win in the, in the making? I'll let you go first, mate. Yeah, it was, I found it a bit surprising. I mean, I didn't expect us to win, but Gold Coast played really poor and we applied a lot of pressure around the ball. Wonder contested ball pretty well, I think. And it's, our spread was far better than what it was ex- usual, especially compared to last year where it was slow and lethargic. So it was surprising, but it was a pleasant surprise. Uh, there seemed to be... I, I, I frankly really enjoyed watching um, younger teams play. So it was, uh, it was certainly it was certainly really, uh, you know, really quite an encouraging performance. What are your thoughts, Lee? Yeah, look, guys, from my point of view, I guess the game against the Giants was was up and down. Um, I think we kicked something like four goals eight or four goals seven in the last quarter of that game and finished really strongly. Um, so sort of combining that with what we saw from the Gold Coast against Melbourne, I went into the game thinking we were a sneaky chance. Um, obviously, I didn't think we'd put in the performance that we did and, and that the margin would get out to uh, the size that it did. Um but going into the game, I, I thought it was a genuine 50-50 contest, um, g- given our performance the week before, and, and I guess just given the uh, the effort that the guys seem to be putting in, and, and you know the, the performances that Alan Richardson seems to be getting out of everyone. Mm. Well, speaking of surprise performances, this Josh Bruce character, um, 
How is we're, you know, I know he's a backline player, or, or traditionally has played in uh, a bit of defence uh, throughout his, uh, his short career thus far. Popping up six goals, is this something that I can look forward to this week as well? Yeah, hopefully so. I mean, I thought Bruce would be played as a defender as he was there because he came from GWS and they yep. converted him. From, he was yep. a forward all throughout his junior days, then got turned into a defender and now he's been turned back into a forward. Yeah, I mean, hopefully he'll probably be filling as a forward for us for the preceding future. I mean, and if so, he can also swing back, uh, swing down back and kind of be our Adam Hunter. And Lee, for some of the Collingwood supporters, you may not be familiar with a couple of these names. Looking at Jack Loney and Cameron Shenton, these are a couple of guys who uh, I'd watch a little bit of um, under-18 style. But, you know, what, what can we expect from some of the younger Saints players? Yeah, look, I, I guess covering the, the three guys that, that you've mentioned there. So, as Cookson mentioned, Bruce was a forward as a junior. Uh, the Giants tried to turn him into a backman. I think when he first came to St Kilda, I think we thought he was going to be a backman as well. You know, Fisher was getting on. We weren't sort of sure who's going to play centre-half back, that sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, he's turned into a forward. I don't think he's going to be kicking six goals a week. But um, I, I think the, the replacement or the, or the position that he plays that we've lacked for a, a year or two now is... Um, sort of that, that forward line enforcer that Justin Kizitsky played. Um, he, he's sort of the guy that's, uh, you know, he's happy to throw his weight around and crash packs and bring it down to uh, the smaller guys. One of them that you mentioned there, Jack Loney. Um, I'm sure that the Saints fans that listen to this, the, any of the Collingwood fans who go to, to our board will have seen uh, a lot of the people uh, who are the, the draft sort of watchers on our board are very, very big on Jack Loney. And a, a fair few of them think that He's actually going to be the pick of the draftees from, from last year as far as our group's concerned. Um, very much in the mould of Adam Schneider. Small forward, um, great foot skills. Um, he can push up the ground a little bit. It probably won't happen for a while given his size. Um, but he, he's one that we are we are very, very excited about uh, up at St. Peter at the moment. It sounds good. It's, it's, it sounds too positive to be true, especially given the week that we've just had. GC, I need to invite you back into this. We need to Collingwood this up a little bit, get the, get the red out of our systems. <laughs> All right. Now, this, 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 isn't, this isn't a game that we should have been coming into this, into this round thinking that we might lose. You know, the, considering the relative positions of both teams, yeah, okay, we're not exactly on the, on the up and up, but there would have been a thought that said, hey, we can knock over last year's wooden, wooden spooners. Now, I don't have that level of confidence at the moment. What are your thoughts? Um, oh, I agree with you. It's become much more of a, it's a much more worrying match than it than it would have been a couple of weeks ago when we looked at it. And I think partly because you know the Saints have looked really good. I've been very impressed by them. Um, and equally, we were good week one, and we got blown away by a very good team last week. But you know, our biggest concern, I think, uh, is is Scotty Penderbury and. Taylor Adams. Now, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with those two guys and Nick Rewalt too, who's under a bit of a cloud. So, you know, there's, there's a lot to play out actually before this game starts. So, um, it could be a, a, a look. I still think Collingwood should win. I think we're just a little bit better overall, but it's going to be uh, it's going to be quite a match, I think. Look, our, our record at the G is, is is pretty solid, and I think our record against St Kilda the G is also pretty solid. Just speaking quickly about our changes, um, the forward maestro that is for Solo, who couldn't manage to get a touch inside fifty last week, uh, dropped for the game, uh, rightly so in my opinion. 
and unfortunately Sinclair misses out. In we get Dwyer, who I have mixed feelings about. He's been he's been good in the VFL, so I'm happy to see him. Um, whether I see him as a, a cog going forward, probably not. And we also get to unleash the galt uh, onto our uh, unexpecting St Kilda adversaries. Your thoughts on the changes? Um, and we'll start with Fasolo. Worthy of a drop? Oh, yeah, look, and I'm, I'm a Fasolo fan, but um, he's been underwhelming in the first two weeks. So I, I thought he could have gone. I thought Varco could have gone because I thought, well, look, I thought Varco was terrible last week. But I don't have any problem with a player that underperforms going out. So albeit I'm a fan of his, but I'm not, I'm not worried by him going. Okay. There's yep. a couple other lucky boys, I think. Oh, I think there's, I think there's a few in that uh, in that uh, in that twenty odd that got uh, kept it. Uh, that probably should be a little bit concerned. But the biggest concern, as as we've, as we've harped on a little bit about the injuries to Taylor Adams and Scott Penry, they haven't trained pretty much most of the week. Lee, I know you're happy about this. Don't don't mention it. If there are two late changes and the players that are replacing them are Patrick Carnezis and Jordan Dugowie, um I think my anxiety level is going to hit the roof. Is that fair enough? Depend on whether or not Rewalt plays. Oh no, I, 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 I'm working on the assumption that Rewalt will play, because I I, I, I think that uh, I, I think he'll pull up and I think he'll get up for the game. He's, he's, a, he's a he's a real professional, he's a consummate leader, um, and I think for a young group and guys, you know, St Kilda, a gentleman, feel free to, uh, to to talk me down with any training reports. But I just think he's the type of individual who will want to play for this game because it is a big game for the St Kilda Football Club. Um, I just think in the terms of our preparation, the two boys coming into this game, having limited training schedules, I just can't see them playing. Um, so whilst I think we, we should get up, um, I, I just get this, this sick feeling that uh, we're going to be undermanned and, and then at some point overrun. The way I see it, the big issue from, from a St Kilda point of view is always been Travis Clark. I mean, he's kicked, well, he kicked six against us last year or something like that. It's, he's always kicked bag against us, and we need to stop him very much. So, because if he gets off the chain, we lose. Mm. It's it's great that you bring that up, Cookson, because the I guess sort of the the work that I put in yesterday, having a look at this game. Look on the Saints board, obviously, of of talking up our chances like no other. It's what we do. Um, obviously, yes, happy you know to from a Saints point of view to hear about the, the injured players, but. Looking at this game, if we take the teams as named, I actually think that the big move or, or the, the the biggest you know, inclusion in the game uh, is actually Corey Galt. Um, not for what I think Galt will do on the night. You know, I'm not expecting him to, to come in and, and kick our Chris Dawes about five years ago when, when he tore us up at the end of, of one game. Um, but the, the flow-on effect that that has with St Kilda's back line, when, when I was originally looking at what I thought the teams would be, I didn't find any direct match-up for Fisher. I thought maybe Goldsack would play as a defensive forward to try and limit his influence. Um, but I had Fisher running free. And on, on, the, on the other end of the ground, excuse me, on the other end of the ground, that left Langdon open, open for you guys. Mm. Um, with Gold coming in, though, that lets you guys throw Goldsack into the back line. So I've now got the matchups: Brown on Rewalt uh, and Frost on Bruce, whether that's the other way around, and I've got that wrong, I'm not sure. Um, and Goldsack now picking up Membry as the third tall. Mm. It means that Delaney goes to Cloak, Dempster goes on White just for the athletic ability, uh, and, and that means that Fisher has to pick up a man in Gold and, and can't drop away as effective and cut off Cloak, which, as Cookson just said, is 
basically the game plan here. Um, mm. Our midfielders were knackered at the end of last week. Your midfielders are coming in injured. It, it could almost be a nil-old draw there with, with both sides just hacking it away. Mm. Um, if, if one of the big forwards can, can be on their game, and look, out of all of them, Cloak is, is the most likely given Rewalt is, is now under an injury cloud. Mm. Um, that could very well be the difference. Yeah. Because, because I think you make a, a very good point because the, the one thing that, you know, that's been spoken about a lot on our board in the last couple of weeks is we went we went to Brisbane, I think, short one man, and we sort of thought, well, you know, it was a wet, wet damp night and that was maybe a, a decision based on weather. But last week in, at Etihad, I was thought we were definitely short at all because we've got um, just, just had Brodie Grundy rucking Jesse White trying to be the second tall forward and the relief ruckman and Travis Cloak. So Galt, I think, is definitely a big in for us because he, he does give that provide that extra foil, which Cloak, I think, uh, will benefit from. And we've, and we've always played our best footy that way. Yeah, and I don't like to look back, but even as far back as 2011 when you had you know, Brown patrolling the forward line as the third tall slash ruckman and then the two big bananas, like that, that, that is when we played our most effective football. That's when we scored uh, our, our, our highest scores, which I'm, I'm sure that the Saints fan remember in the 2010 grand final. But at the end of the day, sorry, I had to get one in, just one. Rub it in. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I think this is a really positive move for us. And it does expose, not that the, not that the St. Kilda backline lacks any skill, but I look through the names there and it's not a big, strong backline. And I think that the extra tool down there might expose them a little bit for height, but might get a little caught out on the other end for pace on the rebound. Oh, look, from our back line, I don't think height is so much of an issue. I mean, Shenton's about 190, Robinson's 192, 193. But, yeah. but what it means now is it means if, if we have a loose man, it really can't be Fisher. I mean, I wouldn't be backing either of those guys, Robinson or Shenton, to be playing on gold. I mean, what's gold? About 202 centimetres, something like that? Uh, one, 199, um, so. Yeah. But he's, you know, he's got two or three inches on the old, in the old scale on those two, so. Yeah, look, and I mean, he's, he's got about the same height on Fisher. Fisher's about one, 193, so it's at, you, know, uh, you know, about eight centimetres, six centimetres, so about two or three inches again. It's a bit of length. But, but you'd, you'd, back, you'd back Fisher's experience and general football smarts to be able to work, work his man over. But again, as I said, what it does is it makes him more accountable. I mean, the drop, the drop from from Sam Fisher as a loose man in defence down to Dylan Robertson as a loose man in defence is a big drop, and it and it's a lot of drive that we lose out of that back line. It's going to be a well, fascinating game. And, and sorry, go on. Does and hopefully it's a sense Savage will probably increase in value because he's if Fisher's taken up, Savage will have to stand up, be the loose man, and be the main creative force from the half back line. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And another one of our guys who's been down the first couple of weeks but provides a really difficult matchup is Jamie Elliott. So who do you see coming to him? Probably Jaron Geary, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, Geary, Geary could be one. They've, they've played him a little bit more up the ground. Um, Shenton can play small. Look, Shenton's not bad one-on-one. Um, if Elliott was to work him up the ground and, and head back towards goal, that, that might become a bit of an issue. Um oh. 
I just foresee Elliot playing a fair bit of time in the middle tomorrow night. It just seems like they they're, they're running him through there a little bit more. I tend to notice him around the stoppages and around the packs um, yeah. against Adelaide last Saturday. So, uh, whilst Adams and Penderbury are, uh, are out, then there will be there has to be a few that come into that centre square setup. The way I see, the way I see it, if 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 Adams and Penderbury drop out, you've got to put Goldsack into the back pocket. You've almost got to take Marley Williams out and try and get an extra run on the ball because. You know, Chris Pavarco, Swan, and let's say Jordan Dugowie, maybe you know Blair. Do they, I mean, these guys can't carry the midfield by themselves. So you're going to need more bodies rotating through there. I, I think. I think. Unfortunately, well, fortunately or unfortunately, the narrative of, of this game sort of rests last minute on who plays and who doesn't play. And I think it. You know, it takes a lot away from the game. Unfortunately, if. If you know there are three big exclusions on the night, being you know Rewalt, Pendlebury, and Adams, but I think it, it's shaping up to be a fascinating encounter, if nothing else. It's a battle of two young midfields, and they're arguably just as interesting as probably seeing Hawthorne play or something like that, because we won't go in with any expectation, and it'll be very interesting to see how they develop, how they play. Mm. Mm. Yeah, some 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 kids are going to get a much bigger role than they've been used to. So, yeah. Speaking of big roles for the kids, guys, as a Saints fan asking Collingwood supporters, um, look, I didn't catch a lot of your game last week, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but you look at the stats sheet and there's a, there's a kid there called Oxley who picks up 30-plus on a half-back flank and he's 190-odd centimetres plus. Yep. Um, Langdon's down there who's another 188, 190 centimetres plus who reads the ball and, and burst onto the scene last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Ramsey seems to be able to find the ball, you know, fairly prominently in the back line. Do you guys look at St Kilda's forward line and see Billings and Loney and Sard and Schneider and, and think maybe you guys are potentially too tall as far as your running defenders or, or those guys that should be picking up our small forwards? I think the way that I see it is I, I think those guys have, have the ability to play tall or small. I think Ramsey plays a lot smaller than his than his listed height, and between he, Alan Tuvey, and Oxley to an extent, they do play good lockdown roles. Um, the the main slide on on them isn't necessarily their defensive capability, but their their ball use um, going forward. So whilst they might accumulate a few touches and they might lock down a player, I don't think they are particularly damaging coming out. Having said that. Um, I you know they're also they're also fairly quick players as well. So look, they're going to be they're going to be interesting matchups purely because, as you say, they might have a little bit of height, but you know there might be a bit of a quickness advantage in the Saints. What about what do you think, GC? Well, I think I think you're very, right, very much. I mean, Adelaide showed us last week that despite you know our back six and our back six did relatively well, but um, when they were put under pressure, their delivery really suffered and. I'd have thought St Kilda would have been looking and saying, well, if you look at Marley Williams, you look at Tuvi, I think Oxley's better than he looked the other day. But if you look at Ramsey, definitely those three are very suspect under a bit of pressure and have a history of turning the ball over. So I think that's an area St Kilda would look to exploit, you know, big pressure on those guys coming out and they will not hit their marks often. All right, boys. Final thoughts and tips, Lee? Uh, Look, I... I'm going to let the bias get the better of me. I'm going to take the teams as named. So I'll assume that Pendlebury and Adams play, even though they're a little underdone. I think as long as St Kilda can keep Cloak under control, if they can work that back line out and free up Fisher somehow, uh, I think the Saints can pinch this one. But but it'll be 
it'll be two goals either way. It's, it's a hard one to call. What about yourself, Cookston? The head's probably saying Collingwood by 20, but the heart's saying St Kilda by 10. So I'll probably go for the head, say Collingwood by 20. I'll go for the heart. You're interesting. <laughs> 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 what about yourself, GC? Well, I think if Cooks can say Collingwood by 20, I'll say Collingwood by 21. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I, I, I've got to take the teams as named, and I think that the Pies will, will get over the line. I, I think the biggest factor actually is is, is the G. Um, it's our ground. Uh, it was our first time playing there, um, and I, I expect a strong performance from us. Um, given the way we finished last week, I think we should take some good form into the first, into at least the, the start of uh, this week's game and hope we can carry it through. Boys, I'm so glad you've been able to join us tonight. It's been, uh, it's been a great experience. Thank you very much for uh, for coming on and being part of our, our show. Yeah, thanks no very much. Thank, thank you very much. Just before we finish up for tonight, um, just want to send out uh, a bit of thanks to... Our great moderator, 76 Wooden Spooners, who has decided to hang up his gavel um, and, and and depart the uh, our, our, our august association of moderators on the Collingwood board. GC, you know him uh, and his moderating duties better than I do. Would you like to say a couple of words? Uh, well, I think, uh, you know, an ornament, as we'd say about, say, Bobby Skilton or something, 76 is an ornament to the moderating game. Experienced Brownlow medal probably would have had three or four Brownlows on the form he displayed and, and a great teacher. He's taught all the current mods the ropes and uh, we're going to miss him greatly. He's been fantastic, very balanced, very fair, knows the caper inside out. Yeah, and look, I, I'll always uh, I'll always have a, have, a, have a soft spot for 76. He was here with me and uh, an Old Spice for our very first podcast um, uh, a little while ago now and uh, he certainly coached me through that and... Uh, has been such a has such been such a positive influence around the board. Magpie girl, you you know you know seventy six very well in in your modding duties. Oh, absolutely, uh, and I heartily agree with everything that Gone Critical said. Um, I will also add that Marty T that he's he's not leaving the board. He's only leaving the moderating. So he's um, he's promised me that he's going to have more time to do pod, a podcast appearance sometime soon. Now that he won't have to do moderating as well. Mm. So. I think it would be fair to say that. Magpie Girl, Vicky Park and Gone Critical are going to be the people that miss him the most. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and look, and look I, think, I, think that, uh, I think that's the, the general consensus when it comes to uh, 76, that he is a, he's, he's a lovable figure and he's a, a good man to have around. And I'm going to have to get him on now, seeing as he's going to have more time for podcasts, I might do a little open mic session with him and uh, share some of the secrets that go on behind the scenes uh, of the Collingwood board. <laughs> But um, no, that look, exclusive one way or the other. <laughs> but, but doing any other exclusives? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, we'll, uh, we'll we'll keep everyone appraised of any uh, any changes to the, the moderator position. But um, we'll, uh, we'll 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 say hush on that. But look, thanks again, seventy six, for all your work, um, your tireless efforts, and uh, I certainly appreciate what you've done for our board. Uh, everyone else, please stay tuned. TD's rant coming up. And just on another note, great to see uh, Reykjavik um, uh, interacting with everybody in his own way on the board, with everybody doing their multiple choice questions for him to respond to, which is fantastic. Absolutely. And uh, keep, keep and he those put up an up. interesting video as well tonight. Oh, did he? Oh, I haven't seen that yet. <laughs> that was a fascinating gift. I'm not sure what to make of it. Um, but 
but for all those that are interested, go to the uh, the, the changes, uh, the team lineups thread, and uh, yeah, have, have see you know see what your thoughts are. I'm curious. But um, this is it for for another week. This is the Mighty T signing out. Okay, I just want to have a talk about the injuries that we have already got this year. As we all know, last year, especially late last year. We just about had the whole list on the bloody injury list. And we, where we thought that this season was going to be a lot better for us. But, well, it hasn't definitely gone that way. We've got um three possible outs with his injury. Varka because of his ankle. And we've got um, Penabry and Adams for leg injuries. Especially when you've put Greenwood out as well in the preseason. That's nearly all. Midfield, basically, all we have now would be basically Swan and second stringers and kids, which is, oh, the kids are very talented, and Dugowie and Freeman, who could come in, but guys like, say, Crisp, Blair, they're foot soldiers. They're okay, they can hold down a spot for a while, but you're not going to win a whole heap of game with those kind of guys, because, like, Crisp, he's... Good mover, he can tag, but use of football is kind of a worry. But well, we just hope we these injuries are not too bad, not too long, and hopefully they will stop. But you know, just have to hope and just hope Buckley's curse or Donovan's curse, whatever you want to call it, over these injuries would stop. At least this year, they're not soft tissue injuries. They're actually like sore leg, hit leg, more not soft tissue, just hard ones. Oh well, just hope we get away with them and get a, a good shot, a free the best side of the team, not teams in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. But oh well, just hope we beat the Saints on Friday night. <laughs>